On the air everywhere, this is New England Broadcasting. Come Monday, it'll be Good afternoon, good evening, good night. It's the Ron Van Dam Show. Thanks for coming. Hold on tight, things can get a bit weird, if you like that sort of thing. So you decide to show up, huh? That's good to see you anyway. Uh, Welcome to the program, it's the Ron Van Dam Show. Guess which one I am? (laughs) I know, seriously. If there was a police lineup, I'd be the one all the way over on the left. What does that mean? I have a great show for you today. I guarantee you that. But before we get started, let's sign contracts. Yes, please. Uh, You know how this works. You've done this before. In order to listen to the program, you have to sign off on various items I want you to sign over here here's a contract sign over here okay sign here sign here and uh, initial no don't sign that initial that part man don't you listen to instruct initial that okay sign over here Stop crinkling the paper, will you? There you go. And at the bottom here, your social security number, social security number, your uh, banking account number, and your routing number for that bank, please. There you go. There you go. Thank you. All right. Welcome. It, uh, oh God, I'm so glad Groundhog Day is over. That was so trying. I had $2,000 on the shadow thing. Uh, yeah, I bet that the uh, gerbil would see its shadow and go back into its hole, but mm, I was wrong. Or was I right? I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't even know how to bet on that anymore. I really don't. I think the gerbil uh, came out and didn't see its shadow, so there's six more months of debt ceiling negotiations in Congress. Is that right? No, they don't have that long. That's awful. Just awful. Everything's awful, right? Anyway, uh, (laughs) I I was over at a friend's house yesterday. Uh, yeah, I don't, uh, there's two things that I usually don't do. One is going over to a friend's house and secondly is to even have a friend. So this was, a uh, it was just an alignment of the planets that this happens, a perfect storm. So I went over to this uh, friend's house again, quotation marks around that word. 
And uh, I sat down, and he says to me, uh, hey, uh, I bought a new table. I said, oh, uh, where is it? He says, it's over there. It's an occasional table. I said, well, what is it the rest of the time? He said, Ron, you're so funny. You think you're so freaking funny. This is an occasional table, which means it has no specific purpose. Oh, I said, oh, okay, fine. Then you're an occasional friend. How about that? Define that, why don't you? Apparently, this occasional table can be sometimes occasionally a chair. Uh, it can be occasionally a dishwasher. It's, it's very, very, uh, it's amazing. It's, uh, you can use it for anything. It's occasional. It's just occasional. It's not a lot. Is it, is it, is it now and then? Yeah, it's occasional. It's my occasional table. Don't occasionally stub your toe on my occasional table. You might visit me next week, and the table will be something else entirely. I said, no, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think I'm going to visit next week because this is getting a little weird. These are the kinds of uh, interactions I have with the quote-unquote friend situation. It's, uh, it's an amazing thing. This time of year, I have a lot of uh, acquaintances, let's say, that have birthdays. And the only way I would ever know if anybody had a birthday is Facebook. Without that machine, that application, I would never know who has when a birthday cometh. I'll be honest with you. I don't even know when my birthday is if Facebook doesn't tell me on the right side of the panel on the screen. And then I have to come up with a witty little saying because I don't, I don't do just straight like a happy birthday, Bob, and that's my post. And that's just so damn boring. And I don't want to be known as boring like I am for doing this show. So I come up with a, an interesting little quip, and it's usually the same thing. It's happy birthday, Bob, dot, dot, dot. Didn't we just do this a year ago? And, and that is so freaking funny and adorable. And I always get uh, a lot of likes. I get a lot of likes. <laughs> I get like 10 or 20 likes. I don't know if they like what I said or they like me personally. I think it's what I said, but I don't know. Uh, I, I guess it's the equivalent of someone saying to you, I like that. Eh, that's what it is. It's not a, you know, I, no, it should be, I, I, oh, I love that. You said something so witty and so clever. I love that. No, there's never a, I don't think there's a little icon for loving something, uh, intensely loving it, because it is a little weird. It's just like, you know, I, oh, eh, I, I like it, sure, whatever, whatever. Just leave me alone. Leave me alone. Say I like it if you just leave me alone. When I give somebody a, uh, a, a witty little birthday saying all of a sudden I'm blocked, so I don't know how appreciative people are of that <laughs> but i just i can't say just like happy birthday it's just like it's so generic that it means nothing it means nothing to me anyway but it just really really means nothing when i just no just happy birthday whatever you know oh how old are you eh, you know what i don't even care okay 
Uh, actually, if the, the only reason I would care about how old you are is if I can say to myself, oh, wow, you look a lot older than you really are, uh, or the opposite, but that's the only purpose that it would yield me. I don't care how many years you've been on the planet. I just, fact is you're here. Let's celebrate that, I suppose. But uh, your longevity, whatever. That's just an odd thing to celebrate. I've been here this long. Uh, Birthdays, I've talked about this before. Birthdays come in uh, three different divisions. When you're a child, you celebrate a birthday, you can't wait to be 21, all that kind of crap. And then you have your middle age where your birthday is, oh, okay, I'm getting older. This is getting a little freaky, but still, let's party. By the way, if you're going to party and you're really going to party, you're not partying, you're, you're going to party. Then when you get older, like over 50, your birthday is like the scariest thing on the planet because, you know, now your day is numbered and that's not good. So, um... It's just, to me, birthdays are, do not, do not pay attention to them. And if someone wishes you a happy birthday on your birthday, your response should be, I don't like that, uh, and block them, as, as I do, and as people do to me. What a, what a officious kind of nasty thing Facebook is, blocking people. I mean, it's one thing to be accepted, to be friends with somebody on Facebook whom you hardly know and doesn't even speak English and has no vowels in its name. I mean, that's one thing. That's like, oh, I have thousands of friends. I don't know who they are, but I'm so rich in my friendships. And then you get blocked and all of a sudden it's like you were kicked out, like you were kicked out of the society. You were shamed and ridiculed and blocked and as if you were a spam caller or a telemarketer it's just defeatingly awful you want to get a great gift for somebody who you really don't like for their birthday get them an occasional table they won't know what to do with it what am i supposed to do with this beats me yeah i don't know i got uh I got uh, somebody a uh, an office chair. It's uh, what they call a gaming chair. I bought it from Staples. Did you know Staples has more in the store besides Staples? Yeah, they do. It's odd. Why would they name that store something so specific? Wow. I mean, who runs out of Staples anymore? I mean, it's not like, oh, oh, I want to put these two pieces of paper together with my. I have a stapler. By how many Staples? I'll go to Staples, but I mean, that's it. That's all they do. Is it? Is it that specific? I need paper. Then you're going to have to find a store named Papers because I don't know. I'm out of toner ink. Did you try toner rinks or us? I wish there was a store that had all office supplies. I think there was a store, is there a store called Office Supplies Plus or something like that? That makes freaking sense. Calling an office supply store just plain staples, people may not understand what your product really can be. 
So Staples was selling these gaming chairs. 200 bucks for a chair. Seriously? That's more than an occasional chair. But they're very comfortable. So I got one. And, uh, I don't know. After a couple of weeks, it wasn't a big deal anymore. <laughs> it became just a chair. <laughs> People were talking about the game. You're getting a gaming chair? <sighs> Whoa, gaming. All right, did you just say that you were getting a gaming chair? <sighs> Seriously? <sighs> Whoa. Yeah, I got a gaming chair. I even got a warranty for the chair, and I don't know why. Yeah, it was 30 bucks there for the warranty. And uh, the guy at Staples, who apparently sells a lot more than Staples, said, uh, hey, you know, for uh, 30 bucks, you know, we'll give you a warranty on the chair. And I said, well, I don't really know if I need one. I think you just sit on it when it breaks. When it breaks someday, you just get another one. I think that's how that works, isn't it? I said, oh, no, this is a gaming chair. <gasps> what did you just say? I said this was a gaming chair. <gasps> no. Well, that sounds like it needs a warranty. What if someday I sat down on the gaming chair and it broke? And I posed that question to the salesperson, the, the guy at the Staples store, that again apparently sells more than just Staples. Store should be called Staples and Gaming Chairs. That would be a lot more believable. So the guy says, well, what we're doing, if, if your chair breaks... We, we'll replace the chair <gasps> while I'm standing there. Well, no, you have to bring us the chair that's broken and we'll give you another chair. Oh, for 30 bucks. Hmm. So, technically, I could break this chair every year or two and get a brand new chair and just get another $30 warranty. And all I'm doing is paying another $30 but I'll never have to pay for another chair for my whole life. I'll just break them every three years. And the salesperson said, yeah, if it works for you, yeah, because he didn't care. He didn't care that that would be a scam. He didn't care. <laughs> he, he couldn't care the least. As a matter of fact, I think if somebody came in the store and said, excuse me, do you have something more than, than staples here? He'd probably say, no, that's it. Get out of the store. He probably would say that because he didn't care. <laughs> I don't know if he made a commission on the chair or not. I don't know how they work over there. Have you been in a staples store? They've got something very interesting there called ink toner. Um, yeah, it's printing ink, I think is what they call it. I don't know what it's called. I think it's printing ink. I don't know what toner is. I have no idea. Um, I know what a piano tuner is, but toner, I'm not, I don't know what a piano toner is. But they have printing ink, um, and apparently it um, comes from the mountains of the Himalayas uh, right next to the gold mines because it's damn expensive. For a tiny little vial of this black printing ink. It cost me 60 bucks. <laughs> I don't know where you're extracting this stuff from. If you personally go in the back room and start milking squids, 
I don't know how you do this, but that's damn expensive. Uh, the, the price of uh, printing ink is absurd. As a matter of fact, I can buy a brand new printer for about 80 bucks, uh, and that's the same price as the printing ink would be. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's almost like, oh, I brought a, I bought a new copier. Well, that's nice. I'm out of ink. Well, you're going to get more ink? No, I'm just going to get another copier. It comes with ink. So, I mean, why don't I get just a new copier? It's only 80 bucks. The ink's 80 bucks too. It makes no sense. <laughs> You'll find if you think things through... It can be very damaging to your brain because it just makes no sense. All right, I have a very interesting guest. As a matter of fact, uh, it, it shall be wonderful. We're going to be talking about uh, coconut oil, but uh, there's a story behind this that makes this even more fascinated than you think it may be. Uh, we're going to do that uh, right after this word. Hey, do you have a bar that's near your house? Well, uh Try this. Ready for your next good time out with friends? Then come to karaoke night at that bar near your house. Grab the mic and belt out your favorites, or grab a drink, sit back, and enjoy the show. You'll see things like 12 drunk girls singing Love Shack, all in different keys. Check out the nice old lady who only performs Patsy Cline tunes, and her gray-haired gentleman partner, who apparently only knows Sinatra. Feel the love and warmth of a heartfelt ballad sung by a young man with a beautiful soprano voice who hasn't come out to his parents yet. Thrill to frat boys jacked up on tequila shots and Red Bull trying to pull off 90s gangster rap or that fall down get up again song by Chumbawamba. And clap along to that one girl who auditioned for American Idol once singing like she's auditioning for American Idol. All this and more musical notes never before performed by a human voice at karaoke night at that bar near your house. Not too far to drive, just a little too far to walk. We'll see you there. Eric Olson joins us now. He's president of a very interesting company. Uh, it's Dignity Coconuts. And there's also a story behind it, which is kind of interesting as well. Thanks for being with us today, Eric. Thanks for having me. This is uh, very interesting. Where did the concept come from? We've all heard of coconut oil, but I don't think we ever understood uh, just how expansive that usage can be. Yeah, so we came out of the nonprofit sector. We were fighting trafficking in different parts of the world, mm -hmm. in Honduras, Thailand, Cambodia, Athens, Greece. And as we were fighting against this, we realized that there is a missing piece that very few were addressing, which is jobs. Uh, jobs are critical to, to, for women that are getting out of trafficking. And it's also critical for preventing them from getting trafficked in the first place. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to add that component to what we were doing. So we, we quit our nonprofit work and we started a business that could address that. Oh, wow. Um, my assumption by that description is that coconuts are raised in areas where uh, people are somewhat taken advantage of? That's right. Yeah, and especially in the Philippines, mm -hmm. uh, farmers are really exploited. So they're, what typically happens in our area of the Philippines is these farmers who, they're already living hand-to-mouth, abject poverty. Mm -hmm. They have maybe 
two to eight acres of land with coconuts, they're barely, barely making it. Mm-hmm. And so when these they're offered predatory loans, usually from their coconut purchasers, uh, maybe a kid gets sick or somebody breaks a leg mm-hmm. or they can't afford the school fees. And these predatory loans come at a price of over 200% interest rates. Wow. And not only does it keep them in debt, really keeps them under control of the, of the, of the person with the loan, but also it's passed on to the next generation. So, I mean, you can imagine just that shame that comes along with it, mm-hmm. thinking I'm, I'm locked into this loan mm-hmm. that's going to get passed on to my children. Well, wow. sounds almost like college. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. um, yeah. were, there, were there any repercussions with you entering this concept to those workers, were, were, were there were the traffickers kind of uh, hey you're you're infringing upon our uh, our deal here? <laughs> We'd worried about that. Mm. The, it's called they're called the casa. It's, it's, they they kind of have a monopoly on the coconut market, mm-hmm. and we're we're really concerned that they might come after us yeah. mafia style. Yeah. Um, but I think it's be- because we've done so much good in the community. Uh, I think the community's really kind of defended us. Uh, I'm not sure there might come a day where they they may come after us. And we've been warned that some areas they're uh, really more controlling and malicious than mm. other areas. But we've we have a really strong uh, community development program. It goes mm. beyond just stopping trafficking. It's actually our main business is really fighting abject poverty because mm-hmm. that's the root of of what's causing the trafficking. That's what these. The traffickers, they really feed mm-hmm. off of four things. They, they, they look for an area that, where there's no jobs, mm-hmm. so there's no options. They look for areas where there's cycles of debt because it creates financial anxiety that clouds people's judgment. Mm-hmm. They look for areas with, that lack education because it's easier to deceive them. And areas where there's already exploitation, people are already being taken advantage of. So our area in the Philippines has all four of those. So it's just a seedbed uh, and for traffickers. Well, uh, the product, uh, coconut and coconut oil, uh, is, uh, not that easy because, uh, it's affected by environment. And as you say, by, uh, by workers and such. So, uh, an interesting journey that you must have had in order to get this thing off the ground. It was. We we started in 20, uh, 2012. Mm-hmm. We just celebrated our ten year anniversary, and uh, we. This is a imagine a really rural area, dirt roads. You have to ford through a few rivers mm. to get to this area. Imagine pristine coconuts. Uh, you know, beautiful yeah. to take a vacation on it if you could get there. Uh, but we had to build our whole facility. <laughs> by concrete bag by concrete bag there was no yeah. cement truck that came in wow. so it, it was a, it was a lot of work to build our facility we had to teach our our employees how do you punch a time card yeah. uh, there were a lot of basic things that we kind of take for granted that that we had to had to teach and at the same time they were incredibly industrious incredibly hard working um but it it, it did take a lot yeah well, a, a layperson might say, uh, and you just get coconuts from around here. I mean, you know, why, why go through all that? But obviously, you, you've explained why that was more of a mission, I suppose. There are a few coconuts in Florida and Hawaii, but not really enough to, really? to okay. do anything with. All right. But, you know, that, 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 there was another hard part, too, which was 
uh, just figuring out how to make the coconut oil, we had planned on making it kind of how everybody else makes it, it that you'd find on the shelf. And in the process, we, we thought there's got to be a better way. We had a few engineers that were looking at the process saying this, we're kind of destroying the coconut oil in the, in the process of making this. Uh-huh. And so they had these, these big ideas of what if we made a better coconut oil than what's on the market? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that led us on a two-year journey of research and development, uh, which was incredibly costly. And at the time, we were really questioning whether we should have trusted these guys. Yeah. But in the end, we have a uniquely better product. If, if you go to Stop and Shop Giant or in the Midwest Meyer, mm-hmm. and you find our, our oil, or you can go on Amazon or our website, mm-hmm. you, you can taste our product and say, you, you can taste the difference. Yeah, that's you would have had to have come up with a better product because there are coconut oil and water companies, uh, but they go the old route, and you were trying to to rise above that old route, and in doing so, uh, the quality is uh, was improved, and that's I guess what sets you apart now. Yeah, it really does. Uh, COVID hit, as we all know, <laughs> you know, and uh, that must have been a concern as well. Oh my, uh, I know COVID impacted everybody everywhere mm-hmm. in the Philippines. They had probably the most strict lockdown really? of any country in the world. Oh. It, it, they, if not the most, it was in the top five. Wow. They our our people, our employees were not allowed to leave their neighborhood. And really only one person in the family was kind of the tribute that could leave the, the home and they could go to the grocery store and the bank, and that was it. So just getting uh, getting things here and there was a nightmare. Yeah, uh, getting we had, and then on top of that, we have a food manufacturing company, so our people are wearing gloves, they're wearing masks. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of ways, it was pretty. It didn't take a lot of work for us to move the machines six feet apart to keep mm-hmm. people safe in the manufacturing environment. But getting employees to work, getting raw materials, getting sure. coconuts, getting all of that in. And then once we had the finished jars, shipping them out to port, wow. it was terrible. They had a lot of, again, because it's rural areas, there are a lot of these villages that they set up vigilante groups blockading the roads, yeah. saying, we don't know what this COVID is, yeah. but we know it's spread person to person. So nobody is getting in and yeah. nobody's getting out. Wow. So it, it was incredibly difficult. Yeah. So that was so it was just a it was just a waiting game until it, it cleared away. I assume on on, on your behalf. Uh, but the waiting game is over. Things seem to be back to normal, almost in completion. Uh, I assume things have started turning around. They have, and actually, the the thing that was harder for us than COVID was we had a super typhoon hit our area late 2019. And it destroyed 24,000 coconut trees, completely toppled over. And so we have about 68,000 trees under contract. And the the remaining trees that were there, it it blew off all the coconuts Uh. and it even blew off the palms. So we weren't sure, are these coconut trees ever going to bear fruit again? Do Mm -hmm. we even have a business anymore? Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, thankfully, after a year and a half, they were bearing fruit again. Right. We ended up planting 26,000 trees again to replace those ones. Mm-hmm. So 
as of this summer, we're really feeling <laughs> quite confident about our business after mm. feeling like we were at the at death's door. So this is a relaunch, so to speak. It really feels like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's let's talk about the product itself because a lot of people aren't familiar with it. Uh, very shortly, uh, coconut oil can be used in so many different ways. Uh, just educate us very quickly on that. Yeah, coconut oil is a really healthy cooking oil. Is, is some actually use it as a supplement every day. Uh, and it also can be used topically on your skin and mm-hmm. hair as a, mo- a natural moisturizer. A lot of people are turning to it because it doesn't have any chemicals. It's just, it's very uh, natural. Hmm. In a lot of the same ways that an extra virgin olive oil has a lot of health benefits, coconut oil has similar but different kinds of health benefits. So we get a lot of people that they love it for eczema, psoriasis. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of women use it as a natural makeup remover mm-hmm. because it not only removes makeup without the chemicals, it reduces wrinkles. Wow. Um, it protects hair damage. I mean, there's science on it protecting hair damage. There's all this new research on it uh, reducing the impact of Alzheimer's and dementia wow. because it has these healthy fats that are your brain your brain's main source of energy is fat mm-hmm. and it's uh and so you you need fat in in your in your system for, for your brain food i must so be a lot of people, yeah. i must be incredibly smart then <laughs> yeah so the, the ketones are just fantastic uh for yeah. treatments for epilepsy and alzheimer's and wow. everything else Great for heart health. Yeah. It's an antimicrobial, reduces hunger, inflammation, and it helps with vitamin absorption. Yeah. I mean, uh, superficially, though, also, it's a very alluring uh, scent. It is, yeah. yeah. I know if I smell that in somebody's hair, I go, oh, okay, this is nice. Nice to be. It makes you imagine you're on the beach, right? Yeah, well, that too, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, well, congratulations on, on getting things back in order. And, uh, you. you know, we wish you the greatest success. How can someone uh, partake in experiencing this? Well, really, you know, it's uh, this is a partnership. We, we saw ourselves as, as really kind of the bridge between these poor farmers yes. that, that we've helped. We have 156 farmers we've helped out of these predatory loans. And we have 114 workers at our facility that they're in, you know, they were in a pretty desperate spot themselves with without jobs uh, and any options. So we built this so that we could be this bridge between this community and people in the U.S. where you go to the store and you're looking for something to cook your food with or moisturize. And just taking our jar off the shelf instead of the one next to it. It, it really does make a humongous yeah. difference for a community of 30,000 people. Yeah. So buying, uh, being, you know, buying our jars, we're not asking for donations. We're asking, would you just switch and, and use our product instead? And that's a win-win for everybody, isn't it? Yeah. That's the name of the game. It's Dignity Coconuts. You can Google that and find it all over the place and in many locations across the country. Uh, thank you so much for spending some time with us, Eric. Well, that'll do it for me today. I'll be back again tomorrow with a brand new show. But until then, I wish you peace. Peace.